Okay, hi guys. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. Nice to see you all, literally. Okay, we're in, we're up to we're in the middle slash at the very beginning of a mimer that is all about it's called the Inyana Shaltar Sachasidis. And basically the entire concept of the mimer is what actually is Chasidis. Literally, like I said yesterday, like if you were to open up the heart of Chasidis and say, Who are you? Not what do you give to me, not what do you make me feel? Not how do you affect my life? How have you changed the world? But if you were to literally open up the heart of Chassidus and say, who are you actually? What are you really here for? Not only what are you here for in how you affect things, but what is, who are, like literally who are you? Imagine like looking to somebody's eyes and saying, don't tell me your personality. Don't tell me what you do. Don't tell me who are you? Who are you? And that's essentially the question that we're asking in this mimer. And what we're going to see is the answer of what is Chassidus is extraordinarily powerful, not only like in an intellectual way of what is Chassidus, but it teaches us who we are. Why? Because Chassidus is here to teach us about ourselves. So it's like, almost like if you could ask like somebody whose entire life is love of somebody else, who are you? Naturally, that answer is going to teach that person about themselves because the interconnectedness between the two of them is, it's like a mother and child in a sense. It's like, who I am is who you are. Like we're, we're one in each other. So what we're going to see is that when we answer that question of like, really, what is Chassidus? <clears throat> we're not only learning about Chassidus, we're going to learn the deepest truth about ourselves, about our purpose in the world, about who we are, essentially. So, yesterday, we basically were starting off by, literally, I can't, it's crazy. Like, I can't, if I know that there's somebody in the room that, even yesterday when people came a little bit late and it was after I said that story of Deborah Rajab, I like felt so uncomfortable the whole time. I'm like, how can you, like to me, like learning Hasidic, like without that story is like, hey, what are we even talking about? <laughs> so that being said, I apologize, but I'm gonna say the story again. <laughs> Thought I was like, no, I told you not to do this. <laughs> but it's okay, I'm saying it for myself. You guys can zone out if you want. Basically, one time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's what else to say. It feels very loopy. It feels very loopy. <laughs> it's like that song in the story yesterday. <laughs> again and again. Okay, I won't say the story. Blessing us all to see ourselves the way that Hashem sees us and to open up possibilities where we get past the layers of this is for sure this way, I am for sure this way, my relationship with Hashem is for sure this way, this is in this category, this is in this category, this is this box, because I think this about myself, this is true. To literally just like open up the possibilities and not necessarily to open up possibilities, we can't say, I know this is true. When have you ever taught somebody by something by saying, for sure this is the right way? Nobody listens. And we have to look at ourselves the same way can't look at ourselves and say for sure this is true it's too much like we have too many defense mechanisms up like we were talking about that yesterday like literally to like to bring chassidus to somebody that has these like we were saying yesterday like with the bashemto which is the first thing that we're going to talk about today when the bashemto brought chassidus into the world people were literally like yo we have been surviving for thousands of years without consciousness without feeling ourselves 
and that that's not random that's just that's survival mechanism that's how we function when we're faced with trauma and we're literally fight or flight or freeze it's like we that's how we respond and the Bakshamta, when he came to us and he was like guys hello wake up there's a deeper truth there's a deeper consciousness no wonder there was like a whole category of misnogdom like you said and then people that were just like you know, like we don't want this we want to stay sleeping sleeping has protected us this whole time you know and it's like for ourselves too and we hear that voice inside of us that's like eh, i don't really want to go there i bless us all to notice that not go to either extreme you know what i mean not go to the extreme of oh because i'm feeling resistance towards this that means that i can't go there and that means that i have to run away from this and also not go to the extreme of oh so let me just push down that wall and you know bomb my entire like there's a balance sometimes in our in our world of being like let me hear let me let me get curious i think that curiosity actually is the is the bridge well actually the verb says chassidus is the bridge which is interesting but okay so the mimer starts with basically asking we're we're trying to get to the essence of chassidus to get to the essence of chassidus what we're first doing is we're asking well what does chassidus act like what has Chassidus, what, what is Chassidus' personality? Because if you're really going to talk to somebody, you need to go through those layers first. And what we're going to see is when we get to the essence, the layers don't disappear, but they actually even become stronger. So we're going to go through four things that Chassidus has brought to the world, that Chassidus has changed about life. That Chassidus kind of added to like, I love the term, like the tapestry of Torah. Like there's, there's Torah, there's one Torah, there's one Yiddishkeit. What is Chassidus' role in it? What has Chassidus done, does, did, who is Chassidus that, and what, what is its role? So we said the first role, number Aleph, number one, was that Chassidus woke us up. We were sleeping by the time, until the time of Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov is Yisrael Baal Shem Tov. He's our name. He's the Neshama Kvalis. And he literally said, he's like, Yidin, guys, hello, hi, there's deeper truth here. There's something going on here. You're not just like doing Tyra to get reward, to get to Gan Eden, to da, 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 da. like there's something else going on. There's a bigger picture. There's a bigger story that started from Tohu, that started from before Adam Harisha, and like that started from before the first Pasuk in Tyra. Like there's something bigger going on and he, he, essentially he woke us up to that new level of consciousness. Number two, and then we're up to Bayes on like probably the first page. Chassid, which is a word within Chassidus. There's more papers here if anybody wants. Chassid who she'aisa lefnim mishur tadin. A chassid is somebody who goes above the letter of the law. Right? We all know this. Uchumaymer. But we're going to talk about it in a whole other way. Uchumaymer rabbeinu zechayin and the bracha, like the rabbanim have explained. Sharpan chassid af al gav shemazik shemazik lay. That a chassid is somebody who burns their nails even though it will be of detriment to him. So what are we saying here? In in Kabbalah, or like in somewhere in the Yiddish guide, I don't know exactly where, but it basically says that you're not supposed to burn any part of your own body. That's actually detrimental to you on a spiritual level if you burn any part of your body. It also says that a pregnant woman can't walk on a nail because it could make her miscarry, miscarry right? Different, it talks about in Pergavis, like different levels of people do different things with their nails. Like, hi! Wow, nice to see Honestly, people, we should give everybody an opportunity to come late just so they get the welcome. Like, we should, like, switch off on different days. <laughs> like, you get it so often. It's your validation for the whole day. Literally, it, like, affects you, you know? 
<laughs> Anyways, different people dif- do different things with their nails depending on kind of how they feel about who, what their role is in life. Like we're going to talk about later in Tanya. What is a Russia? A Russia is somebody who's ru'ua. He's fragmented. He doesn't feel like he's part of the unity of life. So of course the Russia is just going to throw his nails on the ground. He has no effect on anybody else. Think Russia is like the definition of trauma response. I, I am in my own world with my own... Nobody has an effect on me. I can't affect anybody else. For the positive or for the negative. I have no friends and I have no enemies. I can hurt you, but I also can't receive love from you. That's Russia. So of course he just throws his nails on the ground. There's no interconnectedness. There's no, be, there's no him connected to you and you connected to him. There's no, he has no part in the grand story of life. He's in his own head. <laughs> you know? Anyways, what does a chassid do? A chassid burns his nails, even though it's detrimental to him. And if you think about it, we're talking right now, our question right now is what is the novelty of chassidus? And one of the, one of the Rebbe's things of what the novelty of chassidus is, is that we burn our nails, even though it hurts us. And if you think for a second of why that's a novelty, it's very powerful. Around times of chassidus, a little bit later, but it was also when like Freud was coming out. And everybody agreed with Freud. That was what it was. That was psychology. And if you think about how now we've changed so much, Mamash Mashiach is coming. Like you see the progression of like Freud to to like Jungian psychology, Jungian psychology to like Brene Brown and and Byron Katie. Like it's like the 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 timeline of pop psychology literally is like the timeline of Mashiach. It's pretty crazy. But if you think about what Freud said about us, Freud's literally thesis is that we are essentially selfish creatures. Our, if you were to open the heart of a person, you would find selfishness and greed and lust. Like, that's what you would find. That's, you're at your deepest point, that's what you're going to find. That's what Freud's, that's what we thought about ourselves. That's what was true about us. Comes Chassidus and says, if you find your deepest point, you're going to find connectedness. If you find your deepest point, you're going to find the awareness that there is no separation between me and you. And so of course I can burn myself to help you. Of course I would do that. There's no separation between me and you. It's the opposite of the Russia's paradigm. Yeah. Um, I, you might, I don't know if you know this, um, but before Hasidim were called Hasidim, like when they used to be called like the Freilach or whatever they were called, like different groups before Hasidim became like the term. Yeah, so they were called the Freilach. <laughs> They were like little like comments. <laughs> yeah, awesome. you want to be called that because you used to do like temple sauces in the street. And everyone yeah, thought they were completely nuts. Wow. Um, so how, how, did, how did we draw this connection between the chassidim <coughs> that they speak about in the Mishnah and the Gemara if they weren't called chassidim? Is this only like something later? Like this is the Rebbe Shabna? This is the Rebbe's Mimer. Oh, this is the Rebbe's Mimer. Okay. I think um, the Mishnah started to call them chassidim. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I think that that's something they took upon themselves. I think I, I heard that too, actually. I heard yeah. that uh, the Misnagdim themselves started calling Hasidim, and that was the Hasidim's like, biggest critique of Misnagdim. Even you call us Hasidim. Wow. So they were doing something right. Wow. It's a bit complimentary. It is. They complimented like, sarcastically. Oh, those people who think they're so biased. Right. Wow. But they were seeing something real. They were seeing the same thing. Well, I'm not sure how far back it goes, but definitely the Pirkei Yavos says that. The Pirkei Yavos doesn't talk about Hasidim. But the Pirkei Yavos talks about what a chassid is. It's, but it's talking about something different. It's not talking about chassidim who have a rebbe. Because someone no. who's a, a misnaget or a no. yeshivish or 
Bukhari could be a chassid in regards to the Mishnah. Uh, absolutely. Huh. Absolutely. But what it's bringing out is the nature of... Uh, it's, all, it's all interconnected, you know what I mean? Like, it, it saying what a chassid is could be one of the reasons why we're called chassidim now. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, yeah. the essence of, the, of chassid is somebody who has a state of interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. Somebody who sees, as we're saying in, in number yeah. two, somebody who is a chassid has the, ex, the self-experience that I'm not just alone in the world. I'm not just a random floating piece of consciousness trying to put pieces together and trying to survive. I see I, there's a bigger context to my life one that is interconnected with everybody else. And you see even why, how quickly that transformed into like the seventh generation, which is now what, if you're going to say like, what does Dharma tell us to do? Random acts of goodness and kindness. What is that coming from? That is the end of the line. That is the, that is like the, almost the deepest, but the simplest, which is really the same thing, expression of what a chassid is, which is, absolutely connected with the oneness of life in Omovade and somebody that experiences the, experiences themselves as part of that story okay that was number two cool so if we said number one is the Hasidus comes to wake us up number two is Hasidus says you are not a random piece of creation there sorry these are yes. two um things about the novelty of Chassidus? Yeah. Okay. Right, now we're, right now we're like on a date with Chassidus. Got it. Okay. And we're saying, who, who are you? What do you, have, what do you have to offer me? What are you giving? What are you, like, what is... The Chassidus, exactly. Okay. Once we go through that, then we're going to get to the point and be like, okay, so now, now, get, now tell me the truth. But like, this is kind of like the small talk. But we're going to see later, and I keep saying this because it's just so important to understand, and it's not even possible to understand yet, but we're going to see it all later, is that once you get to the essence, the small talk becomes the most powerful part of the relationship. Like you ask somebody who's like in a deep, deep, deep relationship, when are they most connected? Yeah, some, okay, also in those moments of like pure intimacy, but also when they're sitting on the couch chatting. There is as much intimacy there because once you reveal essence, essence is found, every, essence is found also in the symptoms, also in the story, also in the parts. Okay, number three. Adasa, he's literally chilling. He's staring straight at you. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really straight at you. When you bring a baby to the shear, and it's just like you think you're in charge of the shear, but no, you could be like second in command, maybe. Sorry. He's like, finally, I'm getting the attention. I've been waiting for this. Smile. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. Okay, just one thing I'm going to switch from what I said before. It's the interconnectedness, but that is kind of like the part two. The, the part one of the of, of days of the novelty of Chassidus is really the introduction of like that there's something deeper to us. It's like once you wake. It's like once you get somebody out of their trauma response, which is the first one of of, of, of waking us up, and then the being in therapy and being like, okay, so <clears throat> you've proven to me that I am not that my defense mechanisms have been defense mechanisms, and that you know I've been in the state of unconsciousness because of everything that's happened to me and whatever. But then they're gonna let they're gonna be like, what's the next question? Then who the heck am I? Like what's left of me now? If I'm not all those def- sorry, if I'm not all those defense mechanisms, what's left? Do I even have a personality anymore? Like, what's, what's left of me? 
And that's the start of part two. Where the, the, the Rebbe is saying part two is, who are you? You are an essentially connected component of all of reality. Like you are somebody who is part of this bigger story. Which leads to number three. It gets exciting and exciting. I don't think it could get more exciting. <laughs> the craziest part about learning this this year is that I did not get this last year. Literally, I taught this last year, like at this table. But, like I don't know what I understood last year. And probably if I teach it next year, I'm gonna be like, I didn't get it this year. Was your first time learning it with Rabbi Liebus? Was that your first? Possibly. Time? Yeah. Just no, we learned this with Mr. Janowski at the end of twelfth grade. Yes. Over Zoom. Yeah. No, we did. No, we did not. We didn't actually. No, we learned. I don't know. I've learned this before. I just don't remember okay, with him. Okay. Number three, Gimel. Ma'alas ha-chassidus who? That one of the advantages of chassidus are... <coughs> Sorry, one second. She-hu... Ma'alas ha-chassidus who? The altar Rebbe said this, the Tzimach Sadek. When the Tzimach Sadek asked him, what is the point of chassidus? What is chassidus? This is what the altar Rebbe answered him. Ma'alas ha-chassidus who? She-ha-kach... That's why you see it in quotation marks. Who? She-ha-kachas ha-tivim that your natural kaychas, kaychas can be translated as powers, it will be translated as personality. The things that are natural to you, your natural way of experiencing your life, of being, nasim kaychas elekim, should become, should become transformed into, nasim, literally should become, kaychas elekim, should become godly powers. What are we saying? Okay, I'm just going to continue. Like the Altar Rebbe says, the entire idea, the entire point of Chassidus is to change, to, to change, to transform, to turn into, what are we, what are we changing? The nature of our Midas. What, what, what is the Altar Rebbe slash the Rebbe saying here? What, the, what Gimel is saying is we just came from saying that we have an essential connectedness to all of life, right? There is something deep going on inside of us. What three is saying is that what Hasidus is coming here to do is not only to shut off, to shut off our experience of self so that we become people that are godly. What three is saying is that what Hasidus is here to do is to teach us that our experience of self is actually already godly. Do you see, do you see the difference? I'm going to read, I'm going to read um, one of the footnotes inside that just... True, um, chassidus, um, okay. true divine service, however, is not breaking, but fixing. Tikkun. We all know that, right? That we're coming from Tohu and we're, our purpose is Tikkun. One begins this service of mending with intellectual soul, the middle soul. The instrument is the study of chassidus, which in includes the contemplation of those ideas which are in consonance. Okay, I read this footnote. Literally, when I'm preparing, I always try to like tell myself when I want to read things out loud, but it's very hard because I forget when I actually want to read them out loud. Okay, now I'm distracted. One second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so awkward. Basically... There's one perspective of, think about Musar versus Chassidus. What's the difference? Or Kabbalah, or let's, we'll talk about Kabbalah next time. But Musar versus Chassidus, what's the difference? I'll use a different example. In No Bad Parts, which is one of my favorite books, the book about, I, and I, like the book about IFS, he has this chapter. I don't know what IFS means. 
What? What does IFS mean? IFS is a kind of therapy. It's called internal family systems. Oh, okay. Thank you. I know what that means. Oh, this class is so hard to understand if you don't know what I'm saying. He basically has a chapter where he talks about our exiles, which are the parts of us that we've shut down to the lowest parts of our consciousness and we're trying not to access anymore in a, because that's protecting us in some way, which is a whole other conversation. But he basically has this paragraph that he says, he's like, one of the deepest tragedies of spiritual practice is that so often people think, people are taught that they need to shut off entire parts of themselves and get over entire parts of themselves in the name of spiritual practice. To become one with my God, to become one with my truth, to become one with my soul, I need to burn or shut off or get rid of entire parts of who I am. And isn't that what Iskafia is, though? Like, there is that idea in Chassidus of, like, repressing, like, negative thoughts or behavior or speech patterns. It's, like, not, not the same as, like, shut, like trying to, like, get. But there's an idea of killing your Yetzirah. It talks about that in the Tanya. Like, a tzaddik gets rid of the Yetzirah. So I what does that mean? Like, you, you just got rid of your Yetzirah. Rabbi Engelson translates Iskafia as bending. Oh, yeah. That's not what it means, though. <laughs> no, it does. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it, he, he got it etymologically. Like, zokef kafufim Iskafia as we, like, bend, bend whatever. Okay, but there is this idea like of getting rid of your Yetzirah. That's like, my question. I, I would say that it's interesting to say is that like what's interesting to notice is that Escafia and Ishapkar are always put together. Yeah. And you can't see one without the other. And you have to, when you look at Escafia, we've been literally indoctrinated about Escafia that we aren't good and so we need to change our nature by saying no. Or this isn't good and so we need to stay away from this by saying no. I think that's the second one. Like, that's the way I understand it. Like, there's some things that are not good, so you have to stay away from them by right. saying no. Yeah, so there's an element... That's a realistic way to look at life. Yeah, it is. Not everything is good. Absolutely. But well, what is... everything is good. Not everything is good for me right at the moment to interact with them this way. Exactly. Well said. Yeah. But there's a, there's a very big power in Escafia. And essentially, like, every moment that we're doing Escafia, what we're saying about ourselves... First of all, come to Tanya, because literally Tanya last year taught me this. I didn't know it until last year, Tanya, but... What Iskafia is, is essentially, is, it's the moment of saying, I am not just my natural impulse. Mm -hmm. There is a me that can breathe here without just reacting. And if you look at the examples of Iskafia in Tanya, it's very interesting because Altarba doesn't even necessarily give examples of like, oh, something really bad that you end up saying no to. He gives examples of like Sadiqim eating food. They end up eating an hour later. Like, what's going on? What's going on is that tzaddik, somebody who's on the state of consciousness of tzaddik, sees reality as not just impulse, as not just... I, I, it's like somebody who's short of breath is somebody that's not having a scoffia. Somebody who's saying, who just is like reacting, impulse. Oh, okay. I, I just, I need to do this because I need to do this because, and I don't even know why, I'm just doing this. I'm just right, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like on a rat race. Mm -hmm. Somebody with a scoffia is somebody who is really, it's actually, thank you for bringing it up because it's extremely connected to this. The Shanos Teva Midosav is when not only I'm doing Iskafia in a way of, oh, I'm saying no because I can't go there because I have to forget about it. The Shanos Teva Midosav is somebody who is able to say, look at themselves in the mirror and say, I am somebody who can choose. Hmm. I, I have power in my body, in my bones, in my, my soul radiates throughout my being. Not only in my intellectual chassidus, when I'm learning chassidus, and not only when I'm davening, and not only 
every moment of my life. Teva Midosav is every moment of my day, every experience that I have of myself, my soul radiates there. Why can that happen? Because that's the novelty of three and I guess we'll do four tomorrow, but what we're going to say in four is why can that happen? That's the fourth novelty of Chassidus. Because what Chassidus brought us to the understanding of is that we are actually not separate from Hashem. Can I clarify what the, the You're so close. I would just, I would like tweak a little bit of what you said. That from the sound of what you said in the second part, it kind of sounds like naturally I may not be that person, but I'm going to transform myself to want to be that person. And even become that person because I believe it's the right thing. Lashana's Tavamidaisav is... You already have it. Exactly. It's learning who you always have been. It's... That's why that's why these four ones are so powerful that they, that the rabbis bring them all in order because we're going we have to go back to the beginning for a second. The Bashem Tov is waking us up. What, do you, what does it mean to wake up? You're waking up to awake. You already were awake. You know what I mean. And now you fell asleep and then you're waking up again. Lashana is telling me The altar doesn't. Lashan. Think about even the term Lashana is to change. The altar is not saying to create. Why isn't it to create new midas or to transform? Like it's, it's the word Lashana is to to. To change, meaning it's almost like a, sh- a switch of saying, I'm now starting to see myself, I'm now starting to see my act, my self as what I always have been. But it doesn't say return. Like, what does that make? I don't know. Like, I'm just wondering, because, like, Teshuvah is the concept of returning to your, right? To who you've it, always been. It doesn't say it, but to, from what I understood about this, that's what it is. That's what it is. And it, I think it's like, I think there's like any novelty like you could like really change from like I was born with like a more stingy mita and maybe the way I grew up like it reinforced that and then I like really changed myself so I have a more chesed nature like there's room for that too there's room for that there's room for that too and I would also say one of the things that I actually meant to bring up here and I completely forgot about is that footnote that I literally highlighted in order to read out loud but one of the concepts also that I'm going to end with this of what Alter was saying Lashana Tavimidaisav is Alter was also talking about our animal soul which is a whole other topic here that like I'm not going to start mostly start to get into, but naturally we have godly soul, animal soul, intellectual soul, right? We have these like three components of us. Intellectual soul is kind of like middle ground in a sense. It doesn't really have an opinion on much. Animal soul is drawn down, literally all the, like we know like all the, like it's drawn down into me, but not me as I know that I'm a godly soul. Me as I know that I'm just my experiences and my traumas. Godly soul is drawn up. Godly soul sees bigger picture, sees why I was created, who I am, what's the bigger. Lashana Tevamidaisa is to use the 
and I don't know if learned this from here, I'm not making this up, it's pretty cool though. That I, it'd be cool if I was making it up because it's pretty cool, but <laughs> most of the things I make up. <laughs> but, okay, sorry. But basically, Lashana Tamina said is to use the intellectual soul, which is that middle ground, to take the bo- to take the godly soul, which is usually going up, and bring it down, to take the animal soul, which is usually going down, and bring it up. We're basically, mm. what is, and what that means is like, a, it's a whole other conversation that I want to end on time, but we're basically saying that my animal soul has power in it that, what are we saying? Lost my train of thought. Anybody else want to end? Where did you find that idea of like bringing like the nuptial kids down and bringing the nuptial ones up? That's so cool. I didn't catch that. That's cool. Making the, the nuptial kids aware that its purpose is down here. Right, and the animal and not soul. To just like leave. Like, ah, well said. Yes, just, exactly. Like, just like be spiritual. Like the God, when we feel when we feel spiritual, we want to just like be in there. Right. Like not connected back to our life. Um, and we're making the animal soul aware that its purpose is something a little bit beyond what it naturally feels, and that what we're going to see tomorrow is that. That, and I think it's so important to add that conversation to this conversation that making, our, making the animal soul and godly soul aware of the opposite of what it usually believes isn't anything other than revealing what's always been there. You know what I mean? Which is, and it's, it's important to say because if Hasidus is telling you, if, you've, if your view of Hasidus is shut something down, you're not seeing the full picture. There are moments of shutting things down push thoughts away you know what i mean like we have a copy there's moments of that but there's a bigger story going on when we're saying no to something the no is always part of the yes Ava and Nira always come together and if in the name like he says like in the name of spiritual practice you're saying completely dissociate from something without ever seeing what's really going on there's something going on you know to affecting we see in the mirror